You know, it's actually not. You think it is. And, you know, early on, that was the, even back then, that was the thinking. If you have it in-house, you control it. And as a builder, you know, it was like a marketing thing. Hey, all of our, all of our labor is in-house. So therefore, our quality is going to be better. Our control is going to be better. You know, it's really not. So what happens is um, you end up having to pay taxes, insurance, you know, all of that, you know, so whatever you're paying that employee by the hour or whatever their salary is, you know, it's costing you 25% more than that uh, for all your insurance taxes and all that benefits, things like that. Then you're providing the tools and the equipment, you know, those types of things. <clears throat> and then, you know, you're stuck paying for all of their mistakes, right? So if they miscut the lumber, if they break something, um, you know, any anything that goes wrong because of their um, you know, be, that, that they did, and that's costing you as the owner, right? When you have it all in house. <clears throat> and then the worst thing of it all, or the most dangerous thing is you end up with a lot of people on staff that you do things just to keep them busy because you've got them, you know? Okay. That makes sense. So, um, you know, so that's where you really can start, you know, experiencing some slippage, not only in your material waste and theft and things like that, you know, tools, materials, <clears throat> those types of things will disappear. But, you know, the biggest thing is you're trying to keep people busy in between projects and, you know, you're just not using them to their fullest, most efficient uh, for the amount of time that you're paying them. Right. So <clears throat> when we were the busiest and doing the most volume, I was making the most money and had the most time on my hands uh, in, over my entire career. And um, I wasn't real profitable as a business when I had hourly employees. Once I switched to subcontractors, I started making money. And the reason was, was because now I went from me having to guess how long it would take one of my guys to get something done, even though I knew how long it should take, doesn't mean that's how long it's going to take. <laughs> and when people are on the clock, right, it all pays the same. So when I switched to subcontractors, now it was you're getting 500 bucks for that, or you're getting $2 a square foot for this, or you're getting $8 a square foot for that, or you're getting 30 bucks a board for the drywall, right? Whatever it was, uh, it was a defined number. We had a contract. It wasn't going to change unless there was a change order that was approved. So then I could drill down on my costs much better. And, you know, in the rehab business, a lot of people say, oh, you don't know what your costs are, you're rehabbing. You, you can know exactly, if you know the business, like I said, if you educate yourself, you know exactly what everything in that business costs. If you're rehabbing houses and you're in an area where most of them are the same, I mean, a kitchen's a kitchen, paint's paint, roof's roof, you know, you should be able to know exactly what those things are going to cost you. And you can get quotes from your contractors uh, if you're using subs, but then you still have to have somebody to manage those subs. You still have to pay a project manager, you know, to manage subcontractors. So we switched to that model. Um, you know, I still had some labor and at 30 million, you know, I had 20 employees, you know, in our company, but they were all management. So two things happened. One, our time was no longer billable, right? So we were no longer earning based on time because now we were leveraging subcontractors and then their ability to grow and scale. And then I helped them become profitable. So a lot of my employees, I turned into subcontractors. <clears throat> I just gave them my tools, you know, and I helped them get their licenses and their insurances and I turned them into subcontractors and I coached them on how to do their business and how to price things and how to be successful. And they started making more money than I could pay them. So they were loving it. Right. And they were self-employed. They could do their own thing. So that's kind of how I leveraged, you know, and outsourced that so that we were able to go from that seven, I think, well, two and a half million was the most we did with 20 in-house hourly employees. Um, and I still had three supervisors over them. So when I turned all the trade employees into subcontractors, we went from two and a half to seven and a half million. Then wow. we went to 12 and a half, then we went to 17 and we went to 30. And I had the same amount of supervisors over all of the subcontractors that I had over my hourly employees. So that shift alone took us from two and a half million to 30 million just by outsourcing and using subcontractors. Then as I evolved in my career and the markets changed uh, to post 2009, 
um, I switched to the general contractor model because there were a lot of general contractors that were looking for work and it was cheaper for me to hire a general contractor to do my projects for me than it was for me to have a superintendent and then have all that overhead and pay subcontractors and do all that. And, you know, a lot of people think in this business, if you're flipping, they think that by paying subcontractors directly or by having the labor in-house that they're saving all this money. And at the end of the day, when you sit down and you do the books and you, you put the slippage uh, plus, you know, the um, overhead cost, uh, and then the time, energy, and effort it takes to manage those pieces, and you calculate that opportunity cost, you actually save money by hiring a general contractor turnkey um, to do your projects for you. Okay. And, um, you know, and if you get the right general contractor and you get the right systems in place and you work together and help them uh, be more efficient and do their business better, which is what we did, you know, that's when you really blossom. And then you can spend all your time on finding deals and doing the next deal and then doing bigger deals. So that's kind of how you progress and grow and scale, um, you know, in a business. And it's just, you know, I'm 51 now. I started out in 1997. I was in my 30s. It's 20 years of experience that I learned and watching the numbers and going through the motions. But I did what I did back then because all I knew was what I knew. And then as I grew, I started looking at, like I said earlier, find somebody who is where you want to be and learn from them. Um, some of my, you know, uh, top, uh, you know, people that I hung around were big developers. I'm talking, you know, 500 million you know, 200 million, 500 million, $700 million guys doing like high rises and things like that. They weren't in-housing a thing, right? They're hiring general contractors. Okay. So uh, at every level that system works. Okay. And so I started watching what those guys were doing and I started learning uh, how to do business the way they were doing.